He's a quality, classy quarterback. His mind is ahead. I want to kiss you. Welcome back to the Contrarian Fanatics podcast. We're going to be touching on the NBA in this segment. That's 2.0. Yeah, this is a test run 2.0 NBA style. We're going to start oh, off with, um, with uh, Kobe Bryant taking a seat in the fourth quarter in crunch time against the Memphis Grizzlies. A lot of um, There's a lot of stuff going around, a lot of people talking about it as if it's the uh, end of days for the Lakers and just uh, – you know, a lot of people are of the opinion that this is a case in point of why Mike Brown can't coach the Lakers because he's not, um, he doesn't coddle superstars. I, I don't agree with it. I, I take the exact opposite um, side to that argument because I believe that he does not have the pedigree, Mike Brown. He does not have the pedigree that Kobe is used to in a head coach. You know, Phil Jackson, of course, comes in. He demands respect because of what he did with the Bulls, his close relationship with Michael Jordan who, by the way, is, is who Kobe Bryant thinks that he is. Is, is not. Right. <laughs> and he, so Mike Brown has to do something to separate himself and, and put himself in this position where Kobe can respect him. And I think by doing this, I mean, he, he got the attention of Kobe, you know, and I, and I made a point on the contrarian fanatics on the post that I wrote about it in that, Two, even two years ago, if something like this were to happen to Kobe Bryant, if he took a seat during crunch time of a game, especially against a team like the Grizzlies, that a team that Kobe has pretty much owned, you wouldn't, you would not have seen a subdued Kobe after the game. He would have been, you know, pretty snarky. He would have been making some comments that the Lakers people would be trying to backtalk on for weeks. But the fact, I believe, I really believe that the fact that Kobe. Had, didn't have much to say negative about it afterwards. He wasn't happy, obviously. But I think Mike Brown kind of got his attention, and he got the attention of a team that's gotten younger around Kobe as well. And he's um, he's the head coach. He has to take the reins of that team. Well, and, and Mike Brown, while he doesn't have the pedigree of Phil Jackson, certainly, I mean, everybody talks about LeBron when they went to the finals, but Mike Brown was the coach of that team. Yeah. And so he's done this before, and that team had no business. So I, I get, yes, the superstars have a lot to do with it, but I think that the coaches are undervalued on teams where there's one clear superstar, and it's not even the case with the Lakers, but like mediocre talent around it, like uh, Boogie or Booby or whoever it was that was the came out of nowhere in those finals for the Cavs. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like you got to give Mike Brown a little credit for that. But I agree. Yeah. The other 11 guys are important, and Mike Brown needed to show them that everybody was accountable. Uh, what I find striking is just the fact that they were in a close game. Like you said, with Memphis, I mean, two years ago, Memphis wouldn't have even been in a close game with them. Right. It's a, it's a great story. I love their coach, and they're, uh, I hope that they can, they can do some damage because I, I root for those underdog teams, as you know. Oh, I know you do. But the, and the thing with um... – with Mike Brown, too, is the fact that he does do a lot with role players because LeBron was surrounded by role players. And with that Cavs team, every piece that was brought in was brought in to, you know, they didn't bring in superstars to play with them until they brought they tried that Shaq experiment. But whenever you bring in players, you, you bring in role players to 
play off of your superstar. And I think that the sessions, bringing in sessions for the Lakers is, is a big deal. I think he's going to be great for them. And I think that a move like that, that Mike Brown pulled whenever, and let's not make it like, you know, he's going to pull Kobe at the five-minute mark of every fourth quarter because that's just not going to happen. But if you look at the fact that when they called that timeout, the Grizzlies, I think, had pushed their lead back up to 14. And here in Tennessee, I, I watch every Grizzlies game. So I was able to see this game. You know, he elbows the chair whenever he comes to the bench. He just starts having a little bit of a hissy fit. And if you look at the games that he's played in this season where he's frustrated, a frustrated Kobe Bryant is not the best thing for the Lakers down the stretch run this year. He's not making shots. He's turning the ball over. He's committing stupid fouls, and he's just jawing at his teammates. Mike Brown saw that, and, I, you know, I can't presume to know that he was I, – I don't know what he was thinking. But if he's seeing the same thing that we're seeing as fans, then he knows that a frustrated Kobe is not going to bring this team back this year. Is not going to happen. Yeah, I think Kobe lost his anchor, though. I mean, when they traded away Luke Walton, oh. <laughs> um, that that really had to sting. I mean, Fish was one thing, but come on, he was broken down. But Luke Walton on that bench, how can that not be Zen with his pedigree? That is, uh, he is. You know, he's like his uh, he's like his old man. He's great. He's a great uh, cheerleader oh. on the bench. <laughs> By the way, I hate. Hate, hate. I, well, first of all, I don't like the Lakers, but I hate those white uniforms. You have that picture yeah. in the post. That, they're, they're terrible. Go back to the gold and the purple for the, the dark ones. I mean, it's just, it's bad. Those white ones are terrible. 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 In the, in the words of, of the Chuck Clark. Yep. So you don't Chuck like the white uniforms? No, the white Lakers uniforms don't like them. I never have liked them, but I just look at this picture makes me angry. So it's not like the, for you the story isn't that Kobe was sat down. It's that you don't like the white uniform. That's the long. Well, that's, I mean that's like the long game story. This this will fade, but the white <laughs> the white uniforms will stay. The white uniforms have to go. Yeah. Okay. Point taken. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the the Miami Heat. Okay, we've got, um, you know, the exact opposite of a love fest in this country for the Miami Heat. Um, but there's an issue in this country right now that is bigger than sports, and it's certainly bigger than this um, podcast. But the Trayvon Martin case in Florida is it's finally gaining some momentum nationally, but for a while it was on the back burner. And you've been following this a lot more than I have, so... Talk a little bit about that. About the, do you like what the Miami Heat did first of all with the, you know, the black hoodie, I am Trayvon Martin gesture. I I love what they did. I know that um, it's a delicate issue, and there's people that don't like seeing sports politicized. And um, in a perfect world, it wouldn't be. But in the world that we live in, uh, I think that backing this sort of thing, just bringing attention to it and using their celebrity. For something that's important to them. I mean, Dwayne Wade, uh, I came around on much quicker than I did LeBron as far as transitioning from the bad guys who, you know, had that horrible, as you put it, like WWE festival thing after the signings yeah. in 2010, mm -hmm. 2010. Um, just because of his commitment to being a father and just, you know, I saw that 60 Minutes piece and I know he's, he's writing a book. And so for him, this is very personal because, as he said, his kids, that's all they have are hoodies. And then you have Geraldo Rivera coming out and saying that the hoodies are as much to blame as the gun. And, and so, 
is part of the culture of the NBA where, and in me, I've wore, I mean, I wear hoodies, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, you know, I couldn't be more different, you know, from Trayvon Martin or from the Heat. But I wear, I mean, it's just an absurd thing. So I think for them to kind of get together, do that photo, which I think what may have caused some mild controversy was the fact that poor Mike Miller was hurt again. So, I mean, it came off as, you know, some people were trying to cast it as, racially divisive because the one white member of the team wasn't there. But um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's an important way to kind of make a statement on something that's important to them. I don't want them weighing in on gay marriage or, you know, uh, women's rights, unless it's important to them, you know, in, in a similar way, but this is part of the, who they are and especially Dwayne Wade, part of his life and a big part of it. So I think it was important for him to speak out. I mean, he's, it's, it's a fact of life in this world, and we just need to get comfortable that these are people and not just robots and that they have passions just like we do. Right, and a reporter actually asked Wade why, you know, of, all, um, you know, of all the issues going on in the world, why was this one that he felt he needed to speak out on? And he said, you know, this was a Florida kid, this could have been me, you know. And, you know, he said, you know, the local, the lo- the local aspect of it being in Florida, of course, they've heard it's been covered more heavily down there from the very beginning than it has nationally. So it's not something that is just coming to his attention. And he said the fact that he's a local kid, it could have been him. Um, I just think that that's why he, he chose to spoke out, speak out on it. And I'm glad he did. No, I was just, I was just one last thing I was going to add. And, and I think it's important to note that they discussed this and it wasn't just like the reactionary thing that, that Dwayne said that uh, he and LeBron sat down, they discussed the pros and cons, why they need to do this, the possible ramifications. And so this was not just a reactionary moment, which I kind of like. It's thought out. Me too. And let's talk about LeBron. Um, last point we'll make for the NBA. A lot of stuff gets reported on him that's just negative and just small. You know, like whenever he was carrying his purse. <laughs> you know, he was carrying his purse. You know, they, they show that on ESPN with, because he's carrying a purse and people blog about it or whatever. But I was researching a, a post that I was going to write on the NBA for Contrarian Fanatics, and I happened across this article about LeBron James. They were on a – the Miami Heat were on a road trip. They were going to play Portland, and they had a layover in Oklahoma City to refuel their, their team jet. And while they're, in the, while they're in the terminal, these soldiers approach the Heat. They try to approach the team for pictures and autographs and the – the Miami Heat security detail turned them away, told them they weren't welcome there, which, you know, get a grip on yourself, guys. But whether or not he overheard it or he saw it, I don't know, but LeBron stood up and he said, you know, no, that's not right. They're coming over here. They can take pictures with us for as long as they want to. And he turned to his teammates, told them to get up and, you know, show their respect. And whenever they didn't right away, he got on them. You know, he made them all. He said, stand up. We're going to take pictures with these guys. And they did it. There was about four or five dozen soldiers in the terminal, and they took the time to chat with them and take pictures with them and sign autographs for whichever soldier wanted one. And I thought that was a classy move. And I just wanted to give them some some props on that since I'm always, you know, I'm kind of snarky with LeBron, but, you know, he uh, does yes. good things. So so am I, and I'm glad to see that. I mean, that man bag was terrible. <laughs> Um, it was a purse. I would I wouldn't have yeah, I know. I'm trying to throw him a bone after he, he did the right thing. And and as you said, he did the right thing and it wasn't like is the are the cameras on? Right. Here, yeah. I mean let's he did the right thing and um and that's two in a that's 
that's two in a row. So, I mean, is, is the decision and the aftermath fade? Uh, I find myself, you know, naturally, thankfully, being less critical of him. Um, I still criticize the way he, you know, reacts to pressure on the court. But it's – and I'm not going to go starting to root for the heat just because, I mean, it's – I don't see what the point of that is. That's like, you know, they've got enough fans and they've got three of – two and a half of the best uh, NBA players on the planet, so – yeah, it's not going to change a lot of people's opinions, but, you know, something like that, if it was a negative thing that happened in the airport, you'd be reading about it. But since it was something nice, you know, you have to kind of find it accidentally. And, that, you know. That is sad. That is sad. Well, I think that, that about uh, wraps it up for our NBA section. Uh, please, uh, if you listen to this afterwards, if you have any comments, you can either email us or lacerate us on the uh, website. We love it. And, yeah. I mean, it's to be expected. It is the interwebs. That's right. Tune in next time. I'm Joe. And I'm Rob. But we are the Contraria fanatics. <laughs> <laughs>